This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a remarkable chief executive officer. We're joined today by Paul Komplinski, and Paul's the CEO of Children's Mercy Kansas City. He's going to talk to us today about sort of what are the most interesting issues he's watching currently, what are the biggest challenges. We're also going to ask about what technology he's most excited about, because we're always curious about what different executives are thinking about, what kinds of different technology. Paul, take a moment, introduce yourself, and more importantly, tell us a little bit about Children's Mercy Kansas City. Sure. Well, Scott, first of all, thank you. It's great to be with you again. And, you know, thank you for the introduction. I'm Paul Kempinski, President and CEO at Children's Mercy in Kansas City. Um, Children's Mercy is one of 30 independent children's health systems in the country where our missions are completely devoted to uh, serving children and supporting families. Um, we are located in Kansas City, Missouri. We, have, we are a two-hospital system. We have uh, 20 plus additional sites of care, including specialty care centers and urgent care centers. Um, we have partnerships with adult institutions, um, about 10 to 12 of them across the region where we do everything from manage their neonatal intensive care units to providing specialty services on their campuses. Um, we are an academic institution. We have um, affiliations with the University of Kansas School of Medicine and the University of Missouri at Kansas City School of Medicine as well. And most recently, back in February of 2021, um, we opened up the Children's Mercy Research Institute, which is a 400,000 square foot um, research institute that is truly world-class, um, focusing on our vision of translational research with a particular focus on genomics, precision therapeutics, population health, and health sciences innovation. So um, we are an incredible organization, 8,500 people, all devoted to um, improving the quality of life for children. Fantastic. And talk about just a moment on sort of the research institute and the things you're most excited about today. What, what, are, what are the things that you're doing that you're most excited about currently, Paul? Well, I think first and foremost, as you know, Scott, we have come out of um, the last two years, um, you know, a little bit haggard as a healthcare industry and really as a society and, and as an economy. And healthcare in particular has certainly um, borne the brunt of and experienced um, a significant impact, not just related to the clinical implications of COVID, but really the cultural and workforce implications of COVID as well. But I think what we're seeing now is some light at the end of the tunnel, where for us at Children's Mercy, we're certainly dealing with the collateral damage that the virus and the pandemic have had on us as an organization. But we are rejuvenating our focus on implementing our strategic plan, um, achieving what we describe as our true north aspirations, um, which is to basically be in the top 10% of all children's hospitals comparatively in our quality, safety, patient experience, and access outcomes, and really leveraging the impact of our investment in research um, for the benefit of children by helping families to find answers to the chronic and complex conditions that heretofore may, be, may have been undiagnosed, but now we are able to diagnose. That diagnosis leads to treatments, and treatments lead to cures, and that's ultimately the vision of our research institute. So, I think the best is yet to come. I am very optimistic about the future, 
but also realistic about what we are attempting now to um, rejuvenate in terms of our culture and um, the workforce implications of the pandemic. Thank you. And, and take a moment and sort of, whether it's a national level, a local issue, local level, what are the most interesting issues you're watching currently? Well, I think for us, it's really going back to the workforce issues. You know, I think while we can't say that the, the pandemic is completely over, um, we are beginning to operate in a post-pandemic world. And what we are focused on, I think, really here in this organization at Children's Mercy, but literally across the country, as I um, collaborate with my children's hospital colleagues across the country, is really focus on rejuvenating the culture of our workforce and our organizations. It's been rocked over the last few years. And we're not only dealing with issues of workforce shortages, but dealing with the need to rejuvenate our focus on the well-being of our workforce and ensuring that we have a healthy cut culture that engages every one of our employees in doing meaningful and purposeful work and essentially rejuvenating the joy and the passion that they brought to their profession and over the last two years experienced challenges to that. So in the short run, we sort of look at this as the, the now, the near, and the far. And in the now, we have to ensure that we have the right quantity and qualification of employee providing and supporting care. But over time, we wanna make sure that our culture ensures that we are nurturing our ability to implement a bold strategic plan, achieve aspirational outcomes, but do that in a way where every employee feels engaged and doing meaningful and purposeful work. And candidly, I think that is the holy grail for us right now um, that we are focused on here and that we are talking about across the country. Fantastic. And, and talk about, and I take it it ties into this closely, Paul, what you're just talking about. The biggest challenges you face today, are they workforce challenges? Are they funding challenges? What are, the, what are the biggest challenges you see out there currently? You know, it's interesting. Um, so from a, from a children's mercy perspective, one of the biggest issues that we're facing is what I would call a need to um, develop our capabilities in terms of change management. You know, I came here three and a half years ago, and obviously a new CEO coming on the heels of a long-term CEO that preceded me who did great things for this organization um, will, um, of course, catalyze change. So we put together what we described as a roadmap to the future. Foundationally, we restructured ourselves for the future. We built a team. We began to improve our business processes and our operations. And uh, that moved us into refreshing a strategic plan revamping our mission, vision, and values. So that, as you can imagine, created a great deal of disruptive change in the organization. And then came the pandemic. What we learned, and what I think many organizations have learned, is that we have to focus on the psycho, social, and emotional aspects of change in any organization, whether that's resulting from a pandemic and the fact that there was no playbook that, that um, guided us on how to manage that, or other disruptive changes in the industry or in our respective organizations. So our focus here has been to really try to better equip our management team with understanding the what behind our change, the why we are doing things, how it's gonna impact you 
and engaging our management team to ensure that they, they are able to communicate and engage in productive dialogue with their staff at all levels so that we can implement change effectively and it's done um, for the benefit of the children and the families that we serve. And we're doing all of that while we are focusing on ensuring the physical and emotional well-being of our workforce and developing and nurturing the culture that I described earlier, which again will ensure um, and has to ensure that we are successful in all of our strategies and other aspirational goals. Thank you very much. And Paul, let me ask you a, a, a different question. I want to ask you, if you're in Kansas City, Missouri, are you still a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan? Is that how it works in Kansas City, either way, Missouri or Kansas border? Well, you know, I get asked that question all the time. So remember, I came from the Philadelphia area, so I would, I still am um, certainly an Eagles fan, but I can say with um, with a great deal of pride that I'm a Chiefs fan. It was an easy team to get on board with because they're fantastic, won a Super Bowl in my first year in Kansas City. So I've got an AFC team being the Chiefs, and I've got an NFC team being the Eagles. And um, so um, I've got the best of all worlds here. Phenomenal. And you and I both remember when the Packers were a dominant franchise, but it was a long time ago. Uh, Paul, another uh, 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 another question for you. The, um, th- this, um, the question about technology. I mean, there's so much made about technology today. And, and what is the... Um, what are you excited about from a technology perspective? Are there things that you're excited about? And what are the, what are the three or four things that you find the most interesting, the most exciting, the most useful for your hospital, for your health system? Yeah, that's a great question, Scott. I'll point to a couple of things. One goes back actually to um, something that we implemented back in 2015, which was called the Center for Pediatric Innovation. And, um, you know, that was our vision to bring innovations to life, to commercialize them when possible. But when it comes to specifically pediatric emergency care, we developed something called the PEDS app guide, which was a breakthrough decision support tool for providers who do not frequently treat pediatric patients, especially, for example, in rural hospital settings, uh, community emergency departments where, um, where children tend to be seen less frequently. So PEDS guide provides recommendations to help our clinicians make informed treatment decisions for some specific common acute pediatric conditions. And as of January of this year, PEDS Guide has had over 70,000 downloads across the United States since its um, initial launch in 2017. And an example of where it provides impact is um, it includes intuitive clinical decision-making support on resuscitation, management of asthma, management of febrile infants, um, diabetes and DKA management as an example. So that's one example. Now, fast forwarding to the present state, I am very excited about something that we are in the embryonic stages of implementing, which we call um, our mission control um, or um, mission control patient progression hub. So this is gonna be a technological partnership with GE that will help us do an incredibly sophisticated job of managing the flow of patients throughout our hospitals and our ambulatory sites and our emergency departments, as well as ensuring daily readiness and having that be very visual, visual, um, being very informative to the masses across our organization and using technological enablers to help us manage the flow of patients 
the progression of patients and the allocation of staff. And then I would also point to, we have an evolving data analytics function here. We were one of the first institutions um, in pediatrics to recruit a chief data officer that will help us to begin to leverage technology, create and improve digital front door for our patients and families and even our staff and to enable us to move into the areas of predictive analytics, artificial intelligence and machine learning and beginning to leverage um, you know, the, ever, the evolving technology in the healthcare space for the benefit of the care we deliver and the patient experience that we strive to deliver as well. Phenomenal. And, and, and Paul, anything else you're particularly excited about this year as you head towards the, you know, the, the, next, the next half of 2022? Anything else that's particular? I mean, that's a lot. Uh, daunting work on the workforce, but seem to be making great progress. Back to strategic plan to get in the top 10% of children's hospitals nationally, research institution, technology innovations, anything else you're particularly excited about you want to share with our audience? Well, you know, one of the, um, as you know, Scott, one of the true epidemics that we face, not just in children's healthcare, but more broadly across healthcare, is the exacerbation of mental and behavioral health issues, in our case, in children. And I'm very proud that our strategic plan calls for a significant expansion of programs, services, and access um, so that we can begin, begin to make a true impact on this epidemic um, impacting kids and unfortunately creating tragedies that we hear about every day. Um, there are three words that I use to describe that plan for us. One, it must be impactful. We need to really move the needle on this issue in measurable ways. Number two, it must be sustainable. We know that mental and behavioral health services are still under and even unreimbursed in some cases. And we have to make sure that the investments we make can be sustainable in perpetuity. And then finally, we have to work in collaboration and partnership with others in the community who both share the need to make an impact on this epidemic and have the opportunity to do so. So we're working on that. That is something that really the entire healthcare system across the country, including in pediatrics, is focused on. I'll point to one other thing I'm very proud of, and that's the investment we're making in developing our leaders from inside our organization. You know, one of our opportunities is to develop a better pipeline of existing leaders from inside the organization, including diverse leadership, where unfortunately we don't have a sufficient pipeline right now to ensure that our leadership is as diverse as our workforce and ensuring that our workforce is as diverse as the patient population and the communities that we serve. We're doing that through an investment called the Barry Institute which is comprised of three centers, a leadership center, a center for physician leadership, and an improvement center. And the goal there is to ensure that we are developing high-performing leaders to foster the culture that I described that we want to create and to use that culture to deliver world-class outcomes. We're excited about that, and that journey will be something that we'll be looking forward to talking about for the years to come. Paul, always a great pleasure to visit with you. The more I speak to you, the more I'm struck by the concept that, well, Children's Mercy is fortunate to have you, and you are fortunate to have Children's Mercy. What, what a magnificent combination. Thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Scott, thank you. The pleasure is mine, and uh, thank you for the opportunity.